0: Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk Notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Do a lot of leadership reading. And one of the interesting things about leadership reading is when you come to the subject of change. Change. That just that word, what do you think about Change. That most people, when they hear that, don't necessarily like it. That they they when they think of or hear the word change, they think of of things that are close to them and they like, and they don't want to see change. And so sometimes when we have change, we joke about it. And so you you have jokes. The the how many pastors does it change uh, take to change a light bulb? What change? Are you kidding me? No way. Or Jason, my, my friend who's a therapist and a counselor, one of my favorite jokes he tells is, how many therapists does it take to change a light bulb? Only one, but the light bulb has to want to change. That's for you, Jason, Low shout out. So, so we look at this and, and we, we, we think about change and we kind of joke about it and, and say, yeah, people don't like it. And maybe you're someone who says, no, I embrace change. And so, one of the things that to try to get people in in thinking in terms of change is the magic wand theory. And that is when you're talking to someone who is not happy, that to get them thinking about change and what needs to change, you ask them the question if you had a magic wand and you could simply wave it and it would make everything better, what would change? And when I ask that question, I get all kinds of answers, as you might be able to imagine. If I could look at the problems of my life and take a magic wand and make a change, what would change? And some would say, well, I wish my situation would change, that that this what I'm in. I wish my health would change. I wish the amount of money that I had would change. I wish this person that I'm with who's causing all these difficulties would change. I wish my job would change. All of these different things that you look at and you say, I wish these things would change. But we're going through a a message series that's not called, you know, change of situation, change of that. It's called U-turn. In other words, it's you change And so as we look at this, we're going to be going to a place where most people don't want to go. Because when they wave the magic wand, they usually don't say, I need to change. I am the the one common denominator in all my my problems is me. Now, as we do that, and, and you think about the changes that you need to make, I want to warn you. And I want to warn you, especially if you are a person, and I'm going to put myself in this category, that has tried to change before. And, and what happens when you try to change yourself, and, and maybe you've gone through this cycle, maybe you recognize it, that you, you go through a situation where you try to change, and as you're trying to change, you're working hard, and then you don't change it, and something really bad happens, that the thing you're trying to change the most actually happens. And then what happens is you, you begin to loathe yourself. You're like, "I'm such a loser. I stink. I'm horrible at this. I'm all of these things. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try harder. I'm going to try harder so this never happens again. So you do it, and you commit to that change. And then over time, you start to get tired, and life nicks you and wears you down. And then you give in to that again, the thing you want to change so much, because it's familiar to you. And then the cycle begins again, where you're like, I stink, I'm horrible, I'm so loathsome, I I just can't stand myself. I'm telling you today, that is not what we're talking about. This message is not about trying harder. It's not. This is not about self-improvement. This isn't five easy steps and then you'll be the person that you want to be and make the changes that you'll want to see. But rather, this message is about fruits of repentance. And fruits of repentance are like every other type of of thing that you would plant and, and begin to bear fruit. And it It starts by planting seeds. And what happens is it starts with seeds that are planted and then seeds that are watered and then seeds that grow and and seeds that bear fruit. It's not a a thing to happen overnight. It's not a silver bullet. It's, It's not that at all. And we will see how the good news of Jesus Christ and his love for us plants those seeds and changes our hearts, and brings about the fruits of repentance that he wants to see. So so my encouragement today is for you to keep an open mind with all of the things we talk about, and listen, and and let those seeds be planted in your heart, and watch as they begin to bear fruit. We are going to go to, to 1 John 3, verse 1. Actually, 1 John 3 is where we're going to spend most of the time. And in that portion, it, John is writing to a, a group of individuals in the early Christian church that were going through some difficulties and some false teachers. And it's, it's Gnosticism is what he was fighting, and I don't want to completely get into that with the, all the details, but basically what they were, were going about is that faith was knowing, and as long as you knew who Jesus was, that was what it was all about, But your body was evil, and since it was evil, it was going to do bad things all the time, so it didn't make any difference what you did. And so they had this weird hybrid religion that that said there are no fruits of repentance, that when you turn and when you change your mind about sin, you can keep doing whatever you want to do. And John is saying, whoa, we need to take a step back and understand that there are changes that happen. When, when that seed of faith is planted in our hearts. And he starts in, in chapter three with these verses. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. The very first thing you need to know about change that is going to be made in your life through the good news of Jesus Christ is that you are loved and you are valued. Because when you get in that cycle of not being able to change and of hating yourself and and looking at that, you, you get this so worn down that, again, I've been there before. Trying to make these changes and you're like, I suck. I'm horrible. I keep going back to this. I don't know how God can't love me. I don't know how God can love me. I can't stand myself. I don't know how anyone else can. And that is when, you, in those times when you try the hardest and fail and try harder and harder and harder. That you get to this hopeless situation where you finally say, not only is the situation is hopeless, I'm hopeless. So I need you to repeat after me. I am loved. I am valued by God. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Okay, so I'm, I'm guessing that some of you have been here before and you have heard this. That you have heard us talk about your identity. I'm a child of God bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. And you hear that here a nauseum that you're to the point where it's like I get that I know that already let's go on to another truth What I'm here to tell you today is if you feel that way You don't understand the greatness of it Because as you look at the fruits of repentance and how they start It's taking this truth that you are You are god's child And it's living that on a daily basis which means when you wake up in the morning, and, and again, if you've been like this where you have fought with sin and you fought with yourself, the first thing, when, I, when that has happened with me, the first thing I wake up and I think about is the thing that I'm fighting. That, that's the way I think. I'm, I'm not gonna do that today. I'm gonna resolve not to do that. And that is not the place to start. It's just not. The place to start every single day of your life. Every single day of your life is with your identity in Jesus Christ. And that will lead you to do things. As you realize what wonderful love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called his children, that it's going to start with maybe a prayer. And Jesus taught us one of them. He taught his disciples how to pray. And what did they pray? Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And so one of the things I do, if you're in my Bible Basics 2 class, I've told you this already. One of the things that I do, I hike up uh, S- South Mountain, Alta Trail, Maricopa Peak. And one of the things I try to do is take 15 minutes and devote each one of those 15 minutes to a part of the Lord's Prayer. And so for 15 minutes, it's always the first 15 minutes when I start, all that I chew on and all that I think about is the fact that God is my father. Our father who art in heaven. My father who's in heaven. And then my thoughts just go all over the place. And and I'm gonna tell you one of the things that has helped me appreciate that God is my father is having children. Having children helps me understand what it's like to to have God as my father. I love my kids. I want to see my kids succeed. But I don't want to spoil my kids. I, I don't want my kids to be lazy. I want my kids to be challenged. I want them to be the, the best that they can be with who they are. I don't want them to try to be each other, but simply be who they are, who God has made them, with their personality. And with every one of my children, I have a little di- different relationship. Not better, not worse. Not worse but a little different relationship with each one of my children as they talk to me as their father. And that helps me understand my father, because that's what he is and he's yours too. Every one of us is going to have a different relationship with God as our father. And and as I think about that and I I think about how much I want my children to talk to me, if there's an issue, talk to me about it. If, If there's something going on, let me know. And so specifically, as we look at this in terms of the fruits of repentance, it starts with a daily conversation with my father who is crazy about me. And I remember that I am loved and I am valued and he is on my side and he is here to fight for me and he's not going anywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm family, he's committed to me no matter what. That is the only thing that is going to bring about a change of your mind that is going to make a difference. This past week I happened to talk to, to someone who's a coach. Uh, a coach for nutrition. And she's actually hired by a number of businesses that want their employees healthy. And, uh, and, and it's worth it to them to employ her that with each one of their employees to have a health plan. And one of the things that she told me that, that she has found over five, six, seven years of doing this is that the, the number one determinator of success that she has found is that the individual begins to see themselves as valuable. Not as someone who's broken, not as someone who's worthless, not as someone, and most of hers are who's overweight, who's out of shape, and because of that, all these negatives attached to it, but rather, they begin to see themselves as someone who is valuable, who, who happens to be struggling at that time, who now has help and support to keep moving forward. If that's true in that business setting, which has nothing to do with being a child of God, you need to begin to understand what it means on a daily basis in your life. Have I beat this enough? Have I? there are i I can't i could go on the rest of this message not do another fill-in and if you just get this point we can come back next week and come to the next this is the one that you know but it's the hardest to live it just is in the blank you can write we call god our father we call god our father because in love he has adopted us into his family through the work of jesus christ You are loved. You are valued. God is on your side. I don't care how you say it. You are bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. You are forgiven. You are redeemed. You are atoned for. The Bible says it a hundred different ways. Just in case you don't understand it, God's crazy about you, period. No matter what you have done, no matter where you are on that cycle of feeling like you've you've let yourself down, you've let others down, we start there. And we get to continue. So that's the first seed. Next, we go to verse 2. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not been yet made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Dear friends, now we are children of God. That was the first part child of God, adopted into his family, God is my father, and what we will be has not been yet made known. There is going to be a day when you are completely like Jesus, without sin. Where all the pains that you woke up with today, all the hurts of this life, all the, the hang-ups of this life, all the habits, the bad habits of this life uh, will, will be gone. And it made me think of a song. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I love that song. And Mercy Me was just in town Thursday night, I think. Yeah, because some in my growth group went to the concert instead of my growth group. That's a whole other story you're forgiven and loved by Jesus. This is what, remember what this is about. This is about the fruits of repentance. And this is about the things that begin to bring change in my life. The first part of it is always going to be who I am and my identity. I'm a child of God bought with the blood of Jesus. God is my father and I am adopted into his family. But I think this is, is something that, that you need to do as well. Just out of curiosity, how many of you have heard the song I Can Only Imagine? Okay. How many of you like the song I Can Only Imagine? Okay. When the first piano part starts, you begin the imagining, right? You, now you know that song, and I'm gonna encourage you to, to play it on the way home. I was gonna play it here, but I, then I'd be humming it the rest of the service. But but when, you, but when you watch the video, when you listen to the song, it, it, it hits you on, on an emotional level because you do start to imagine. You start to imagine those who have gone before. You start to imagine those you miss. And, 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 and then you start to imagine standing in God's presence. And then you begin to dream about what it's going to be like about not having to be here anymore. It's so important that you plant this in your life on a regular basis as well. Because what it reminds you is one day you're going to be perfect like Jesus, but today's not that day. And and that's okay. But you need to remember that is what's coming. There's something about having hope for the future. There's something about the fact that that is what we are going to be that begins to change our present you, you know what that's like, don't you? When you're going on a vacation. <laughs> if you're going on vacation in a month, you're thinking about it every day the, leading up to that, aren't you? That you're going, oh, I can't wait for that. And, you, and in a weird way, you begin to enjoy your vacation before you even leave on it. And that is what God is talking about. That's what, what John is talking about with these people as well. Don't forget your destiny. Don't forget where you are going. Don't forget what it is going to be like because there are going to be days in this life that are so hard. That's going to be all that you have as you look forward to it. And it's enough. In the blank, you can write, I can only imagine. I can only imagine what it will be like when I get to heaven and my sin nature is finally destroyed. I can only imagine, but I'm going to imagine. The next verse. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. So now having this hope with God as my father, with the the future of being like Christ and imagining what that is going to be like, now I'm in a position mentally. Now I'm in a position emotionally. Now I'm in a position spiritually where I can begin to look at the issues of my life and, and deal with them. And I'm going to purify myself, which means I know and I can only imagine what it's going to be like, but as long as I'm here now, I'm going to continue, I'm going to start this process now by removing sin from my life. I don't want it to be, to be part of my life. And so in the blank you can write, as I wait in hope for the future, I'm striving to be what Jesus has called me to be. I am striving to be what Jesus has called me to be. And what I would use as an example is if, if you're someone who does this a lot, uses hand sanitizer. I don't know if you're a hand sanitizer person or not. I hope you are. Uh, if you're not, please don't shake hands with me after the service. No. But one of the things, and, and I notice it on, uh, like my wife's desk, she's in contact with a lot of people throughout the day, a lot of hand sanitizer. Nothing personal, just saying, you know what? I want to try to not get sick. She works in a school. And so on a regular basis, I'm going to, to use that hand sanitizer to, to purify my hands, to make sure I don't get sick. The equivalent of that in the Christian life is going to the Lord. Just in, in short, Lord, please forgive me my sins. Lord, I know I'm your child. I'm, I know that you've forgiven me and you love me. Thank you. Amen. Hand sanitizer. That's heart sanitizer. What it is, is that's the new heart in you. And that is a U-turn, that that change of mind about sin is not something you do once, and it's not something you do once a week. It's something you do daily and throughout the day. It is the way that you go through this cleansing process and say, this is what I wanna do. I wanna remind myself who I am. I wanna remind myself of, of where I'm going to be going, my destiny, imagining that my future, but also realizing in my present, I need to confess my sin that daily striving. Next point. Everyone who who sins, 1 John 3, 4-5, everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sin, and in him is no sin. Sin is lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. Sin is breaking the law. Sin is breaking God's law. Sin makes me a criminal when I commit it. And so, in the blank, I'm going to have you write, our relationship with Jesus helps us see sin as the rebellious, corrupting, dirty thing that it is. Rebellious, corrupting, dirty thing that it is. Sometimes I just don't watch the news just because I get sick of seeing it and seeing how bad, because it's always bad. And, and this past week, maybe you've seen the one of the road rage situation where the guy comes, follows the people home, shoots at the vehicle, kills the 10-year-old girl and wounds her father, and you're just sitting there going, those are ones where you're just like, what is going on with you? I mean, what, what is the thought process behind doing that? Then I saw another one where an individual went and shot his girlfriend, her girlfriend's dad. Then he went and committed suicide as he was leaving and shot himself. And when you read those things and when you watch them, what you do is you realize the rebellious, corrupting, dirty thing that sin is, right? You can clearly see it on the evening news but I was taught a truth at the seminary which which is very important and that is this. Never let anyone else's sin bother you more than your own. I'm gonna tell you that again because that is a very helpful thing. Never let anyone else's sin bother you more than your own. And if you are like me on a regular basis, everyone else's does bother you more than your own. I can see their sin as the rebellious, corrupting, dirty thing it is, but I can't see my own as the rebellious, corrupting, dirty thing that it is. As a matter of fact, in a weird way, my sin becomes my little friend. My my sin becomes the way that, the thing that I embrace, it's my my getaway, it's my fantasy, it's my release, whatever word you want to use, that you color your sin in a different light. Than you color everyone else's. And my relationship with Jesus, because I am a child of God, because I understand my destiny, it helps me see sin as the lawlessness that it is and to be repulsed by it. And that's important. That is a, such an important part of this is that you don't embrace sinful behavior. The next verse goes right with it. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning and no one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him don't turn the page yet everyone read that verse with me no one who lives in him keeps on sinning no one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him don't turn the page yet if you are like me, when you read those words, that, that as you read them, you should say to yourself, if what this person is saying is true, I'm going to hell. Because newsflash, you don't, I, I don't need too many witnesses to get up here and say that I continue to sin on a regular basis, that I, I have not had a streak of perfect days, let alone a, a perfect life. And so as we look at this, I think it's important, first of all, is that as we look at sin, this doesn't mean necessarily that we're we're perfect and without sin and that we never sin, but what it is saying is that we don't embrace these sins, and, and it starts with the ability to say with each one of them, what I am doing, this conduct is wrong. This is wrong and unacceptable. And that's what repentance and confession is, is to be able to see the wrongness of sin and the desire to say, I do not want to continue in it. Turn the page. Please. In the blank, you can write, our new identity and awareness of sin will keep us from continuing to live in it. Our new identity and awareness of sin will keep us from continuing to live in it. I'm telling you, okay, this is a bad example and kind of gross, but I'll tell it anyways. This is like me in my yard when I go step where the dog has just gone to the bathroom. I don't want to step in it. And if I do, I clean my shoe immediately. I don't go walking around the house and I don't, I don't, not like, you know what, give it a week, it'll come off. It'll just, just do the grass thing, you know, anyways. But you want that off as soon as possible. Now, I, I want to make sure that we're, we're clear here because there are people all over the place where you're at right now. Number one is this. This is specifically written for those who look at their sin casually, as John's audience did, to say, you know what? I know it's wrong, but who cares? God forgives me. It's not that big a deal. I'll just continue to live in it. So, so that is the audience, first of all. But secondly, I need, we need to go back to that group That I'll put myself in with my sin that I can't get out of that. I'm enslaved by this sin And so I keep going back and forth and and just going in this circle that I can't get out of That's a little different deal And what you're talking about is a sin that maybe even at this point you would call an addiction And my encouragement to you is to to understand this You are not going to get out of this by yourself it's just not going to happen. And, and I'm telling you, based on 30 years of a sin that I kept going back to again and again and again, and then one day, there was a little bit of a change, and that change was I confessed my sin to another person, and it was hard, and it was embarrassing and shameful and horrible and liberating all at the same time. And now in that moment, finally, the light of day, the sin was exposed. And thankfully, and that's why I'm, you've heard me talk about our resilient ministry a million times, that that's part of it. The R of resilient is remember Jesus and his promises. I'm an adopted child of God bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. Imagine the future. I'm going to be thinking about that, the destiny God has for me. But the E of resilient after rest in Jesus and his promises, is E, express my need. I need help, help. I can't do this by myself. This is killing me. This thing's kicking my butt every day. Help. The S of resilient is seek God's presence and power. That my dad, I'm gonna get my dad involved. I'm gonna get my father who has adopted me, who's so crazy about me. For 30 years, he wasn't part of this struggle. It was something I was going to carry. I was going to fix. And it never happened. That's the encouragement. Again, as I talk about continuing in sin, there are going to be some of you who are so guilt-ridden in that cycle right now that you're like, I don't know what to do. And the start is, as you begin to do that, is confess it, the U-turn, the confession of sins. The next verse I have is, is Paul talking about this battle. He says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Christ our Lord. So then, I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. In these words, Paul had just gotten done saying, I don't understand what I do. I want to do the good, but evil's there, and I'm driving myself crazy. And finally, where he ended was, I need to confess my sin, turn to Jesus who forgives me, and go battle another day. That's what I do. That's what the, the, the fruits of repentance are, the battling, the going back to the cross, purifying ourselves, understanding what Christ has done for me. We'll go to the next verses, 1 John 3, 7 and 9. Dear children, do not not let anyone lead you astray because there are gonna be people who tell you different stuff and you have got to recognize it for what it is. The one who does what is right is righteous just as he is righteous. So we're following, we're gonna do what Jesus does. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them and they cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. Once again, when I hear these words, they bring about tremendous amounts of guilt in me. I'm going to be honest that when I hear that, those who keep on sinning, sometimes I I look at it and say, is that who I am? Because sin is a part of my, my life. But that's not what this is saying it's not calling you to be perfect the reason christ appeared was to be perfect for you as your substitute and now what happens is his seed is in you that's something in the christian church they call being born again means you have faith inside of you this relationship with jesus christ being adopted into his family having the destiny of heaven which rejuvenates you and gives you the strength to move forward today In the blank, you can write, the lie, I can follow God without making a U-turn. That's the lie here, that was being told, you can do whatever you want, was the lie. But the truth is, the Holy Spirit lives in me, I am born again. And so, in my life, I don't identify with my sin. I don't identify with my shortcomings. I don't identify with the weaknesses that I have, which are true, and I'm willing to confess in front of anyone who will listen. But who I am is I am the seed of God. I am born again, that, that I embrace Jesus, and more importantly, he embraces me. He has adopted me, and I am his child And heaven is in my future, and that is who I am. And that is the gospel which helps us fight and battle the sin that is inside of us. The final words, 1 John 3, 10 and 11. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. For this is the message you heard from the beginning, we should love one another. In the blank, you can write, the fruit of repentance is love. The fruit of repentance is love. This was the final lie. Just so you know, the the lies was that I could continue to do what I'm doing. Sin doesn't make any difference. And the final lie is this, and this is one that is so important, that I can love God And not love you. The big lie is that I can love God and have a great relationship with God and not love the the people around me. The, the, The lie is that I can have this perfect relationship with God and not make any attempt with those around me. Because that's what they were doing. That's what they were doing. The individuals to whom John wrote this letter thought that they could do this. They were being cruel to each other. They, were, they didn't care about one another. They went on as if the other people didn't even exist. John is telling them, come on, you guys. Don't, don't you remember Jesus washing the disciples' feet? This is how people will know you are my disciples. This is the one thing you can't fake, and that is loving one another. Love, love, love. Love for God, love for others is that litmus test by which we see the Holy Spirit in our hearts and lives and in our actions as well. It is uh, not gonna stop, just telling you. Life's a battle, just is. And so I imagine about the day when it won't be when I wake up in the morning and I won't have immediately 100 things on my mind, I won't have the list of all the things I didn't get done the day before, I won't have the aches and pains and, and, and memories and shortcomings, I look forward to that day. But today is not that day. And as long as today or tomorrow is not that day, what I will do, and, and, and I encourage you to do as well, is I will wake up every morning... And if I feel that little bit of pain or start with the little anxiety of what's not done, I need to remember who my dad is. I, I need to be remembered because I forget that most often, that I am adopted, child of God, bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. He's crazy about me. He wants to be in my life. He, he wants to be actively involved in supporting me with everything I need, and he does every single day. He talks to me. He talks to me every day through his word. That's why I, I read the Bible and I, those words of faith are, are sown, God's word is sown in my heart and it begins to grow. It begins to grow over years and years and years. And, and what happens is you begin to find that peace. You begin to find that strength that you see over time God strengthens you, God grows you, that you see the fruits of the spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the gentleness, the kindness, the self-control, they come, maybe not overnight, but definitely over time. You do sow, what you reap what you sow, and it's, not, it, it's never more true than it is with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Leave here today loved. If you are struggling, continue to struggle, but don't struggle alone. Remember who you are, remember where you're going, and don't forget there are people around here, including me, we love you too and are here to support you. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you that you have made us your children, that you made us and then you remade us through Jesus Christ. We were born and then born again through Jesus Christ. Help us to embrace that every single day. That if, if, if there are, and I know there are people here who are struggling with certain behaviors, let them, even not about today, worry about the behavior as much as about their heart and plant those seeds of love and forgiveness that that you have given. Lord, help us to expose sin, help us to turn from it, help us to see it as the dirty thing that it is, the rebellious thing that it is, and help us live lives of love to you and others. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to CrosswalkPhoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. All right, as you go today, remember that you are loved. If you want to show love to others, this is one of those bags that has the water bottle, toothbrush, a number of different things in it. Uh, These are out. Um, if you want this one, you can have it. But there are also those out on the table and also this love that we show for one another. Uh, That is Christ living in us and his love being shown in our lives. And so go, go as the the dearly loved child of God that you are and come back. One more week of U-turn, hear the the voice of Jesus, the plea of Jesus for repentance. And as you go, uh, go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Lord, look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Have a great day.